Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. everybody uh the pure box i love this family and this sunday is their last sunday with us unfortunately um they are moving to northern illinois where her husband has accepted a job in the athletic department and so we love them but what i love about this video is it just shows their heart for other people about being found people that find people and parents this week our students, FC students that meets here on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to about 8 o'clock, they are having a 90s themed uh, night, which makes me feel really old because my daughters asked Casey to go shopping for 90s stuff at the thrift store. Um, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Um, you know, you could probably go to my closet. But... <laughs> They are doing a, uh, they believe in being found people to find people, and they're doing a visitor contest this Wednesday night. Next Sunday, our kids are doing a visitor contest down in the uh, FC Kids Elementary area where they're giving away a drone for the ones that bring the most visitors. And, and here's why we're doing this from elementary all the way up is because we believe every person matters, that every person has a name, and every name has a story that needs to be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And so, Foundation Church, I I know we're turning nine today, but we're going to stay being found people that find people. A bunch of people moved to our first service to make room for second service. We've got temporary buildings coming to expand our kids' hallway. Um, we've got great problems happening, and I want to implore you as your pastor, keep bringing people with you. Let's see people's lives being changed week in and week out because that's what it's all about. If you are a lady in this place, this Tuesday night at 6.30, right here, here, they're having an amazing worship service called Encounter. Um, they have the author, Susan Eller, that is coming in. She is an amazing author, amazing speaker, works with Proverbs 31 Ministries with Lisa Turkhurst. Um, it is going to be an incredible night. I, I'm just telling you, let's pack this place out, ladies. Um, ladies only. It's Ladies Night at Foundation Church. Oh, yeah, it's Ladies Night. Um, I think that means something totally else, but... Is that's going to be happening this Tuesday at 6.30. And I'm telling you, we are, are going away from doing things halfway. It's going to be a fantastic night. Invite your friends to come. I know, can I get personal just for a second? This doesn't count for preaching time. Okay. Ladies, I know you have bachelorette and bachelor watch parties all the time. Who's going to get the rose? You invite all your girlfriends. 
man, invite your, your friends to come with you here Tuesday night for something that will really change their life that is way more important than who gets the rose or who doesn't. Um, invite somebody to come with you Tuesday night because it's going to be fantastic. Uh, today we are starting a new series called Asking for a Friend. And you and I have all had those moments you read on uh, uh, Facebook, on social media, where somebody poses a question and then they type, da 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 asking for a friend. Um, and so we uh, opened up this series about getting a bunch of different questions about from you about, hey, what have you always wanted to ask a pastor, but maybe you were too embarrassed to ask, or what do you want to know what the Bible says about certain things, um, but you just didn't know how to phrase it, or there was never an environment in which it was welcome to ask those things. And next week, we're actually talking about our second most asked question, and we're going to be talking about forgiveness. How do you forgive somebody who's hurt you deeply, um, who's been close to you? How, how do you get Pass that. And so if you know somebody who's just struggling with unforgiveness, if you know somebody who has been hurt recently, or here's the reality, it could be years, but they're still carrying it around with them, you need to invite them to be with you next week here at Foundations Church. Uh, but today there was a question posed that was going to kind of kick off our series, and it was simply this question. It says, what are some of the things you wish you knew in your 20s? Um, and I was like, what? Um, that is going to take way too long. Um, I talked um, to a lot of people that are older than me, too, and I said, hey, you know, I, I told them, I'm going to preach on this question because I think it's such a great question. And I said, hey, what do you think you wish you knew in your 20s? They're like, oh, there's so much I wish I would have known. Um, and, and here's the reality. This is not just for 20-somethings. This is not just for teenagers or college-age students, although it's very applicable. And if your teenager or college student is here, big, big bonus points for you parents. Um, if not, send this message to them. But really, as adults, this is some things in here today that, man, I just think are so, so vital and important that I'm still trying to work on as a 41-year-old individual. Um, and there's some of us that, you know what? Wisdom doesn't necessarily come at age. Sometimes it misses people. It's true. Wisdom does not necessarily come with gray hair or no hair. Um, sometimes it just passes people by. And so today I'm going to call this my fortune cookie sermon. Because there are so many, you know, you get a fortune cookie, you open up, and you're like, oh, that was a really good, really good little Confucius thing, you know? Um, and now this is the second service, so I can crack it open. You know, you, the, the most dangerous place to me is Payway, because you can just grab as many as you want, right? And I grab like 10 and treat them like appetizers, you know? But you, you open these things up, and you're like, be a first-rate version of yourself, not a second-rate version of someone else. Oh, that is so good, you know? And you just... I really need to work on that. And there's so many things that came in um, from people um, other than myself and some other things that there's no way I'm going to get to. And so I want to give you some fortune cookie moments right now um, here at Foundation Church that we don't have time for because I have four points today anyway. So some of the fortune cookie moments were, were, were was this, things I wish I would have known when I was in my 20s, eat dessert first. I love this one. You won't always be able to eat anything you want. I'm like, wait a second. Um, take a Dave Ramsey course. Money isn't everything, but it affects about all things. 
And we do a Dave Ramsey course once a year here at Foundation Church. If you're looking forward, it'll be happening in the spring. Um, not everything that seems like a big deal is. You will never have it all figured out. I need that. Can I tell you? I need that. Um, I, I, I want to have it all figured out. I want to know the answer before there's a question posed. And all you type A people out there, breathe now. You will never have it all figured out. I love this. Choose your friends wisely and be picky and careful who you allow to have influence over you. I tell you, that is so huge, and that does not have an age limit on it. Choose your friends wisely. Man, bad company corrupts good character. It's true. It's true. It's true. No matter what age you are, I could preach that sermon. I have preached that sermon, so we're going to keep going. I love this one. This one I could preach. If serving is below you, then leading is beyond you. Woo! If serving is below you, then leading is beyond you. And lastly, your last little fortune cookie nugget here is the right thing is rarely the easy thing. Um, and so maybe you're struggling with one of those things. Man, dive in, read your word about those things. Um, but man, they were really good. So this morning, I want to give us four things, four things that I wish I would have known in my 20s. Four fortune cookies, um, moments that, man, I wish somebody would have imparted to me um, or really emphasized more to me um, or that I think, man, this is one thing I think everybody in life just needs to know whether you're 20 or not. This is just things you and I need to know. The first one is this, is find your identity and value in whose you are instead of who and what you have. Find your identity and value in whose you are instead of who and what you have. Here's, here's what I can tell you. As your pastor, as somebody who has seen people make it and some people that have crumbled, if you aren't good by yourself, you will not be good because of someone else. And it's just true. You may sit there and say, well, Justin, yeah, that's true for you because you've been married for 19 years. No, 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 no. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you're not good with yourself, you're not going to be good because of someone else. Someone else was not meant to make you great. They were just meant to accompany your greatness. There's only one person. There's only one deity. There's only one thing that can make you great, and his name is Jesus Christ in a personal relationship with him. He is the author and perfecter of your faith, not a spouse, not a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a hookup person. Let's just be real. That, that's not meant to make you great. They're meant to accompany your life but not complete your life. Find your value and identity in whose you are and not in what and who you have. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Here, here's why Paul, this, this, this verse is such a big deal. Paul is talking about the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own. 
You were bought at a price. The temple back in these days, man, back in biblical times, you didn't get to bring your coffee into the temple. You didn't get to wear flip-flops. Well, I guess everybody wore flip-flops back then. Um, you know, you didn't, get, you didn't get to bring donuts in to the temple. No, it was a sacred place. It was a highly valuable, everybody knew what the temple meant, everybody knew it was valuable, everybody knew, didn't have to question the identity of what the temple was. And Paul is saying this, man, understand your life is sacred. Your life is valuable. And it's not your own. Man, you were bought with a price. You are the temple. You are sacred. Your identity is that you are the temple. You are a sacred, valued person because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And this is why I always say this, man. If you are single in this place, understand this. You don't need to wait for a boy to change the world, all the females in this place. Don't wait for a boy to go change the world. Go change the world. That's what you were called to do. Men, go change the world. Don't wait for a woman to come beside you to make you look good and have some arm candy. No, that's not what Jesus called you to do. He called you to go and preach the gospel to the ends of this earth. Man, go start pursuing your dreams. You don't need a boy to do it. You don't need a girl to do it. You just need a relationship with Jesus Christ in order to accomplish it. Find your value. Find your identity and whose you are. Not in what you have. Man, when we start finding our identity and what we have, those are called idols. If you think you're a success because you live in a big house and you drive a nice car, welcome to idols. That's called idolatry. We find our identity by our stuff. No, 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 no. Your identity is who is in your life. The relationship you have with Jesus Christ, and I will say this, and to all you married people that are in your 40s right now, you need to know your identity and your value and who you are because a midlife crisis costs too much to have. A midlife crisis, man, costs too much every time. And if your value and identity is here, there won't be a crisis here. Know it, get it deep. And understand it. The second thing I would tell you is this. Don't let short-term short emotions affect long-term decisions. Don't let short-term emotions affect long-term decisions. I love this verse in Proverbs. It is one of my favorite ones. It's found in Proverbs 19, verses 2 through 3. And it says this. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. So let me repeat this to every OU fan right now. <laughs> Enthusiasm without knowledge <laughs> is no good. Haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. This is just a very, very true statement. Enthusiasm without knowledge. This is, this is, this is me. My, my voice is raspy today because I was yelling and I was running like I was a wide receiver last night in my living room when OU's wide receivers were, I, I, was, I was in it, man. I helped win that game if you didn't know it. Um, but <laughs> here, here's what I would tell you is that this is just true of our culture. We get caught up in the moment, right? And we let short-term emotions drive long-term decisions. And haste, hear me, haste 
makes mistakes. In fact, all of us in this, I would say the majority of a lot of us in this place have gotten caught up and made a hasty mistake just like me. There's a moment in your life where you are more prone to be hasty or to get caught up in the moment in enthusiasm that makes mistakes, that leads you to regret. And I would say it's in the, the, the middle of the night or early, early in the morning, there is something that invades your house on your TV, not BT late at night. Um, it's called infomercials, right? You're, you're up, you're tired, and there are infomercials on the TV, right? And some of you, you remember this infomercial, you know, you said it and forget it. And it's a rotisserie chicken cooker. Said it and forget it. And I got to tell you, Casey and I, we watched this infomercial when we were in Wichita Falls, youth pastors. And we looked at that thing. I was like, well, that looks pretty awesome. And she looked at it and she's like, well, that looks pretty awesome. And some of you, you're wondering, man, who buys this stuff? I buy this stuff. Like that stuff that fixes the crack in the canoe that a spray can, I want a can of that. I'm like, and the gutters, I'm like, sign me up. That looks cool. Um, so we decided, we decided, I, I'm, we, this is what we were going to ask for Christmas from my parents. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, oh yeah, you, you really can set it and forget it, Dad. You can do it. I mean, it's no lie. It's their tr- trademark slogan. And so we get this thing. It's like, it looks small there, doesn't it? It can fit two huge chickens in there. Sinks huge. It is a pain in the butt to clean up. I mean, it's a mess. We used this thing two times, and then we just threw it away. We couldn't sell it because the internet wasn't that popular then. Um, there was no eBay. I know. Shut up. I'm old. Um, but... We, we had, and we just, we made this mistake. And can I tell you, most of us, your, your life isn't going to be destroyed because of an infomercial, but if you're not careful, you can live your life in an infomercial way in which you allow yourself to get caught up in the moment that's going to lead you to mistakes. There's several emotions I would tell you not to make decisions out of. I would tell you not to make a decision, a choice out of fear. Most of the time when we make a fearful choice, it's the wrong choice. But the two emotions I would tell you that we can't allow ourselves to get caught up that affect our long-term decisions is the first one is this, it's anger. It's anger. And really the church doesn't talk about this enough. We don't talk about anger all that much and being a hothead and losing your temper because it's just kind of something, oh, boys will be boys. No, boys won't be boys. We were called to live our lives better than that. It says this in Jeremiah, I mean, Proverbs 29, 11. Now you see why I said Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. When you get upset, And hear me, we all get upset. We're all gonna get upset. We're all gonna get angry. It's a part of life. It's an emotion of life. But when you get upset and you allow yourself to get caught up in the moment, to give full vent to your rage and you make choices out of that anger, it's gonna cost you your relationships 
It's gonna cost you opportunities. It's gonna cost you promotions at your job. It's gonna cost you relationships with your kids. And it's gonna do damage that's gonna be, uh, take a really, really long time to undo. Fools give full vent to their anger. But the Bible says this, but the wise bring calm in the end. Do you allow your anger to subside before you make long-term decisions with your life in a circumstance, in a situation? I've been guilty. Hey, I, I have been guilty right here. Let's see, this is why I'm saying, some of us, this is, we're like, oh, I need to learn this now. I'm 57 years old. I get it. I understand. But, but are, are you getting caught up in the moment and you just say, oh, well, you're going to do that? I'm, well, I'll do this. I'll take it up a notch. If you're going to do that, well, then I'll do this. And you're making decisions. You're making long-term decisions are being affected by short-term emotions, by your anger, because you don't want to allow discipline and self-control to take a hold you just want to give full vent to your anger. I tell you, it costs you every time. But let your life be lived out in such a wise way that even when you get angry, it ends in calmness and self-control and discipline. The second emotion I would tell you that you can't allow to come in and affect your life because it will wreak havoc on long-term choices or even the ability to make long-term long -term choices is lust. Now, we get really uncomfortable when a pastor talks about lust. We're like, oh, here it goes. Um, we're going around third right now. It's, we get really uncomfortable, right? But, but, but hear me, hear me, listen to me. Almost everything we watch on TV involves lust, right? You can't watch a, a, a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, like Gene, the, the, the one, the good one, not the weird one with Johnny Depp. I'm talking the old school Britain with all the bad teeth people, um, Willy Wonka, and the, you can't watch that movie without a commercial coming on, on, on your TV, and you're like, what, what, cover your eyes, you know, you, you can't do it. Everywhere we go, we are bombarded with lust, with sex. He said it. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Sitting by my mid-hire. Sorry, are you parents? We're our culture is bombarded by it. Man, everywhere you turn, billboards, magazines, commercials, TV shows, movies, it's music. Everywhere. We are bombarded with Lust, but hear me, listen to me. You cannot get caught up in lust and make a moment's decision because, oh, man, don't let a moment cost you for a lifetime. Don't, don't allow a moment of you getting caught up in the moment, getting caught up in lust, cost you for a lifetime. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Proverbs 14, 16, the one who is wise is cautious and turns away, but a fool is reckless and careless. Flee. Flee from it. Don't flirt with it. Man, man, flee 
from that lust. Don't flirt with, let, let me stop just for a second because there are no scriptures about cell phones in the Bible. I know, really weird. But to every, I, I, this, like we wanna say, oh, my, my teenager needs to li- li- hear this. No, adult, you need to hear this. Don't get caught up in a moment and take a picture you shouldn't take. Don't get caught up in a moment and send a text you have no business sending. Don't get caught up in a moment and have a chat on Messenger that you shouldn't be having. Don't get caught up in a moment and go to a website that you have no, don't flirt with it, but flee from it. Flee from it. Because you getting caught up in one, and you've seen the news. You know the senator, I'm not gonna say his last name because I can't say it without laughing. Anthony, you know what. cost him everything because he got caught up in a moment and it has cost him for a lifetime. Oh, there's grace, there's forgiveness, but there's still a price to pay for the choice you make when you get caught up in the moment and don't let lust have a foot in the door. Flee from it. The wise thing is to get away from it, to run from it, not to say, well, you know, it's just a text, it's just a cell phone, it's just a picture, it's just, let's just see where this goes. No, 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 no. Flee from it. Don't allow a moment to cost you a lifetime. Don't let short-term emotions affect long-term choices. Be wise and turn away from evil. The third thing I would tell you is this. Be willing to fail. That's when we grow. Be willing to fail. That's when we grow. We, we have a, a, a dilemma happening in our culture called helicopter parents. They just hover over their kids now. You know what I'm talking about. Um, they just, and they're, they're, they're like, oh, when they start walking, they walk right by them, and you, the kid can't fall, and they put, you know, what, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They put the bumper across the little chimney mantle place, you know what I'm saying? So if they hit it, man, we didn't have that when I was growing up. Like, if you hit it, you had a cool scar. Like, you look like Harry Potter up here or something. I mean, you just... You just went that way. But now we have hovering parents that if our kid messes up on a test because he didn't study and they get a bad grade, you call the teacher and you're like, uh-oh, how do, we, how do we fix this? I mean, my kid made an F. He failed. What do I do? Well, you tell your kid to study next time. Oh, my, my kid didn't win first place. Everybody should get a trophy. No, everybody should not get a trophy. Your kid lost, and he was a loser that day. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) But we don't want to allow our kids to fail, right? We don't. But that's how we learn. Man, failing's a part of life, guys. I don't like it. But it's part of life. I, there are a few individuals, Tyler LaCourse, I heard this about you this morning, um, that can get on a bike and they just don't need practice. They just get on and ride. What? Like, I don't understand that. I hate your guts right now, Tyler. Um, we'll work on forgiveness next week. Uh, but, 
My kids did not, I did not experience that. My kids did not experience that. My oldest daughter, Charlie, um, she took a really long time to learn how to ride a bike, and she didn't want to take the training wheels off, but we finally took the training wheels off. I'm like, Charlie, you're 12, Um, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I'm going to have to pay her after this message or something now, Um, but... She, she, she was so scared, and I mean, she was dressed like a linebacker, like all your kids are, helmet, shoulder pads, you know, arm pads, knee pads, gloves. I'm like, good gracious, what are we doing right now? I thought we were just going to ride a bike. And we went to ride, and she's riding, and she, you know, fell a couple times, but she started learning how to balance. I'm like, pedal, it'll stabilize you, you know? Um, and so she gets pretty good. So the next thing is, We were going straight down the sidewalk. The next thing is, well, you got to learn to turn eventually, right? Because you can't just keep going straight and then get off your bike and turn the bike around and then (laughs) go. You can't can't keep doing that. you got to learn. You have to turn. And so we started working on turning. And in the process of turning, we're on another street because me and Casey... For the sake of our marriage, we couldn't do it together. Um, I'm like, let me teach the girls how to ride a bike. And so she goes down a driveway. She's going well, and she's going to go up a driveway, and she starts, like, getting wobbly, you know, like a, like a wet noodle, like, and I'm like, pedal stabilize you, you know, and she pedals, and bam, she hits a mailbox head on, like, well, bam, like, falls to the ground, bends her basket, like, on the front part of her bike. I mean, it was like, I was like, oh, you know, and I start running to get there, and I get there, and she's laughing. She's like, did you see me hit that mailbox? <laughs> I'm like, yes, are you okay? She's like, yes. And do you know what's amazing? She has never hit a mailbox since. She hasn't. Because she hit a mailbox once. She failed. I got to tell you, life is full of mailbox moments. And the only time failure is a failure is when we cease to learn from it and develop from it. I got to tell you, there's going to be some mailbox moments that knock you off your bike, that knock you to the ground, that scare you. But the only moment that you truly fail is when you stay down and you don't get back up and you don't learn from it. Doesn't mean that it doesn't cost. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Yes, it costs, and yes, it hurts. But you learn from it. The Bible says this in Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. It says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials and mailboxes. For we know that they are good for us, they help us learn to be patient. And patient develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Then when that happens, we're able to hold our heads high no matter what happens and know all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us and we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Patience develops strength of character. Your failure develops strength of character within you if you will learn from it. Because I got to tell you, your ability to function with your failure will greatly determine how your future looks and what your character develops into. I love what Theodore Roosevelt said. He said this, the only man who never makes a mistake is the man who never does anything. Dream big. It's okay to fail. 
Last thing I would tell you is this, is that God's plan doesn't always equal my plan. I, I gotta tell you, this is one of those that's still tough. And maybe I should term it this way. God's time frame isn't always my time frame. Because most of the time, I, I think really, probably for most of us in this place, we don't struggle so much with the ways of God as much as his timing. Because I know God's good. I know God is great. God is good. God is great. I, I understand that declaration. I know it's true, even though my circumstances may change. doesn't mean God's character changes. It, it sounds good. It's great. But man, when that timing's not your timing, it's really, it's really tough. When the plan doesn't go the way you had envisioned it, it's tough. And I got to tell you, man, God's God's plan doesn't always equal, doesn't always look like my plan. Here's an easy way to term this. It's not always about you. It's not. We live in a me-me generation. The next generation coming up is called the me-me generation because it's watch me, mom, watch me, take a picture of me, watch this selfie. Do you know recently there was a dolphin, a little baby dolphin in Spain that was killed because so many people were taking selfies of it. It was in the wild that they forgot to put it back in the dang water. I'm like, put the dolphin in the water and take a selfie. I'm just like, how do you do this? And we become such a me generation, my world that it's all become about us. And let me tell you, if your world's all about you, your world's way too small. And if your world is all about me and I and my plans and my ways, no relationship can survive that. You're not gonna be able to thrive in that and your faith is going to stagnate in that because Jesus said this, if you're gonna follow me, if you, if you really wanna follow me, You've got to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Denial and death preceded the ability or the willingness to even follow. If you're going to come after me, man, it's not about you. It's not about your timing. It's not about the way you envisioned it, but it's about my plan and my willing. Can I tell you, this isn't something that just... We struggle with, we hear all the time, oh, Jesus knew your, your feelings and your, he struggled with what you struggled. He struggled with this. It says this in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, it says in Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from you. But hear this phrase, he said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Man, I... I if there's another way, <laughs> there's anguish, there's fear, I, I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but, but if there's another way, to, but, but I don't want my will, I want your will to be done, not mine. And I close with this, can I tell you, there's sometimes, there's some moments I still don't understand as your pastor. There's moments, there's timing to things that I, I just don't get, I don't have 
answers to. There's, there's moments, there's things that I have prayed for. The way this church started did not start the way that I had planned it nine years ago. Actually, it was 10 years ago. It was when I was fired before thing. I mean, before Christmas. Two weeks before Christmas, I've got two kids. I, I mean, it's just like, what are we going to do? We were broke. We didn't, it wasn't the way I envisioned it, but I said this, God, not my will. Yours be done. And what I have understand is out of the greatest pain, out of the darkest caves comes your greatest ministry and your biggest impact. And if you can understand when things aren't going your way, if you can trust, if you can still say, God, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about the way that I envisioned life going. But man, your will be done. See, this relationship with Jesus Christ isn't about him making all your dreams come true. It's about you fulfilling the dream that God has for you. It's about us denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following after him, even when it doesn't turn out the way you thought. Even at age 34, when my mom passed away, after struggling and struggling and struggling, and praying for a miracle, and praying for that surgery, and praying for that treatment, but my mom still passed away, and I didn't understand. 34 years old, my mom would never know my daughters. Not really, really know them. My daughters would never know my mom, would never get the privilege of my mom being at their graduation, of getting to see them get married. It, it's still not understanding the timing of it. I, I don't understand that timing. I still struggle with that timing. But coming to a place of maturity and saying, you know what? It, it, your will be done, not mine. Even when Jesus started teaching us how to pray, I said, how, how should we pray, Jesus? Jesus said this. He, he, he exhibited the way we should pray, and you guys are familiar with the Lord's Prayer, and it says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. <laughs> how great you are. How, so how sovereign you are. How big you are. I don't, I don't understand your bigness. I don't, I don't understand your ways. I don't understand the timing of things. But what I do know is our Father in heaven, hallowed, how, how great your name is. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Man, let your kingdom come here. Not, not my kingdom. Let me build your kingdom because in this earth we're going to build our kingdom or his. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. This is the way we're supposed to pray. It's not about God give me this car. God give me this house. God, but, but man, your kingdom be established in my life. And have your way. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, which we'll be talking about next week. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's it. Have your will be done. Not, not me. Not mine. But your will 
be done. This is it. This is the fortune cookies. This is asking for a friend. If you can get these things in, man, I promise you this much, it will save you from a lot of heartache and a lot of regret. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, this morning, I, I, I come before you and God, sometimes it's just hard. Life can be tough when we've been dealt failure. God, it's, it's tough to recover from failure. It's tough from recovering from feeling embarrassed and feeling like we just fell flat on our face in front of it. Those mailboxes of life are hard to deal with. But God, I pray, help us not to avoid dreaming big because we're more scared of failing than we are fulfilling this life that you've called us to. Let us realize that failure is part of the process. Let us find our identity in you instead of others and stuff. God, God, let us check our emotions. Don't let us be hasty. Don't let us be impatient. Don't let us make decisions out of fear, out of anger, out of lust. Don't let a moment cost us for a lifetime, but God, I, I, I pray that we would live like the wise. We wouldn't let short-term emotions affect long-term decisions. And God, in this place, I pray that we would understand even when it doesn't go our way, even when we don't understand it, that God, it's not a, my plans don't always equal your plans. But have your will be done, not mine. Let that be our prayer, God. Your, your will be done, not mine. Your kingdom be established and be built in my life, not my own. Jesus, move. Work in us today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I, I, I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ, and I need to recommit my life this morning. Can I tell you, biggest decision you'll ever make. So today, if you need to make a first-time decision or you just need to recommit your life, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One. Two, three, is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands, there's three hands, yeah. There's four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are raised before, yeah, I see you right there. There's five hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today, man. There's, there's just a choice. There's a decision that I need to make. I'm just not where I need to be, and I need to join these five hands before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you'd please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I just confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I pray that your grace and love and forgiveness would enter my life. I turn from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, 
to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these five individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Hey, here's what I would ask is that if you raise your hand, if you'd please send a, a text text the word response to the number 24587. We would love to send some information right to your cell phone because we believe your relationship with Jesus Christ is about a journey, not a one-time decision. Also, if you're here and you say, man, I just don't know how to live this out. I don't know what my next step is. We have an Alpha Connect group that is meeting today right after service. We provide lunch. We provide childcare. This is the last week you can enter into that Connect group. And so if you would like to be a part of that, man, it's going to be in the FC Kids Elementary Room after all the kids are taken out. We would love for you to be a part of that. I'm going to ask all of us to stand. Don't leave for just a second. If you will stand with me across this place. I want us to end this service a little different this morning. I want us to repeat the Lord's Prayer this morning. And, and in this process of it, of us saying this corporately, of us praying this prayer, we're not just chanting a slogan, we're not just reading scripture, but that this would be a life prayer for us this week, for us, for this day. That for some of you, maybe you're struggling with the timing of God. Maybe you're struggling with his will over your will, but we would pray this and we would mean it to our core and then Shannon's going to lead us and dismiss us right after we pray this. But hear me. It's about, man, denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following after him and saying, God, your will, your will be done. Let's read it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.